For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Welcome to Christ in the Chaos, where a pastor's kid and a kid's ministry director talk about raising a Christ-centered family. We're not sure we know what we're doing, but we are right in the thick of it. And this is how we're finding Christ in the Chaos. Welcome to Christ in the Chaos. Do it. You're Kathleen. And I'm Joel. I don't think that worked the way you thought it would work. Um, I just had to mix it up. If we've only been, this is our 14th episode. I think it's 15. You can't get bored already. Mm, I Well, I can when we do the same thing over and over again at the beginning. Next time we'll figure out how to say it all backwards. Me, Neil Tack. Dear Neil listener, Tack, me. I promise I won't let her do that. Okay. What I will Lunch. let her do is tell us a little bit about today's episode before we get to our check-in. Today's topic is tending to your kids' personality and gifts and helping them to grow into God's plan for their life. Um, I think there's a Dr. Seuss book about this. Oh, the places you'll go? You know what's so funny? We don't have that one. Um, I pretty much have like every Dr. Seuss bu- book memorized. Walk it in my pocket, the things you can think, green eggs and ham, cat in the hat. Um, but I actually have like not read Oh the, oh, the Places You'll Go since I was like a little kid. Box and socks, well, hop on now pop, we know I can read with birthday. my eyes shut. So, Joel, how you doing? I'm doing well. Um, I don't, I feel like I'm not allowed to complain right now. We're right in the middle of Holy Week. And I feel like if I said, you know, work's really hard, um, that you would reach across the table here, kill me and divorce me. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't need to divorce you after I killed you. I think you might just for good measure <laughs> haul my corpse in divorce court. Uh, yeah, no, works fine. Um, I mean, your amazing wife is totally maintaining the household and the children in the way to which you have become accustomed. Oh yeah. And completely keeping her cool. <laughs> um, I have, I can honestly say that not once this week have I taken the boys and said, Hey buddies, let's go in the other room. And just let mom be alone for a while. Nope, not once, two or three times. Um, oh man, it's been a, it's been an. Hey, emo- how have you been? It's. Been I mean, a- my check ins I'm fine. There's really nothing to check in. Uh, the boys have been good. I did come home to Levi. Oh, in the backyard no, eating tell, chicken nuggets. Um, he's he's taken to escaping. He into the backyard. Been doing it as much. I wasn't on guard. And he escaped into the backyard. With some chicken nuggets and some dippies, <laughs> uh, dippies, with some dippies, like you all know what that means. Honey with mustard. honey mustard dipping sauce that he loves. And he's just sitting up there and I was like, hey, buddy, you going to come in for dinner? And he's like, I'm nom, 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 nom. Um, I didn't know he was out there. That's okay. I had my, I had my earphones in and I was making dinner and um, I usually can sense if they walk by me and I had not, he must have snuck. Um, he's getting good. So there you go. It's been a busy week for you. Hey, how you doing? Uh, I'm fine, actually. It has already been an emotional roller coaster of I'm never going to get this together in time to why isn't this just coming right now? As soon as I'm ready, I'm like, okay, I literally finished being ready for uh, Friday on Tuesday, like afternoon. And then I kind of looked at it. I was like, oh, now I just have to like sit and tread water for Wednesday and Thursday anxiously. And so now I'm just anxiously awaiting 
um, Friday where we have a good Friday thing for families and kids. And, um, Sunday when I have my big Sunday thing for family and kids. And, um, it's not just, that's the other thing too. It's not like it's just me. Um, it's everybody around me at work is, um, has like a thousand things going on. Um, Easter's kind of a big deal in our religion. Yeah. And so, um, we're good. One of the other things that's we're added. Good. No, we're, we're fine here. Um, I am so glad it's happening. Um, and I am so glad that I go to a church that is pressing forward on this in the middle of Easter. Um, but we're painting the church. And that means that as I'm preparing for Easter and I'm actually um, running a couple of short little spurts of time for our um, outreach camp, they're literally power washing like my windows. Like, <laughs> and I have like walked, I couldn't get the kids into my room the other day because they're power washing and testing samples and doing crazy stuff all over the church. And while I appreciate that they're like, we're doing our renovation regardless of what time of year it is and we're not waiting for Easter to do it. Um, it's It's been a little stressful. It's been. Um, That's it. Oh yeah. Anyway, you handled so it like a champ. I, like I said, not once have I had to just take no, the boys I have and not leave been, the room. I have not been my nicest or my coolest or my. Um, I haven't been nicest with the kids or with Joel this week. Um, but I'm holding it together at work. So there's that. I guess hey, if you can make Sunday happen, that's the life of a church worker. Which brings us back to our running theme this season: find your children's minister at your church, give them a hug. <laughs> And ask them what Ooh, it is don't you touch can me. do. Good point. Oh, please, especially this Sunday, don't touch me. Um, I'm on the move. I'm doing ask something. Ask them what it is you can do to help. But for now, let's just get to our topic. Our topic today, I, I made a, another fancy title, which is The Plans I Have for You. Um, which, which sounds like a Dr. Seuss book. Yes, it does. But it's also from Jeremiah 29, 11. But honestly, I'm not even using that scripture. I just think it is the nicest, um, like, tidied up version of what we're talking about. And what we're talking about is that in Jesus, God has started a new creation, a new world. He is bringing his kingdom to this earth to bring about that new creation. And we all have a role in it, including us and our children. And this is really focused on how to build up your children to fulfill that role in their life. But it can also apply to anyone who's not sure what their role is and is kind of seeking. So hopefully this is helpful for those of you who whose children already know what they're doing. Yeah, we're literally going to give an outline for how to foster this in your kids that could apply to any adult. Um, we're just going to talk about it more from a at, uh, kid's standpoint. Um. And to, to even to get started, this is like the silliest plug in the world. Um, we talked about the Bible Project a couple weeks ago in our personal study um, episode. Um, but I am going to just plug as a like general idea of what we're doing, the Bible Tro Project video um, on the Holy Spirit. Um, you can go to YouTube, write the Holy Spirit, we'll the link Bible in, Project. We'll link it in the description. Regardless, it is so good. And I'm a very visual person. And this gave me such a great vision of what we're all doing. Um, and really what it reminded me of is, um, have you seen the movie Pleasantville? I have. Okay. You know how everybody goes from being black and white to being in color? I like your, your, that, your vision of that. I don't know that that's what that movie's about. No, but no, no. It's not. About, I'm sorry. The the movie Pleasantville is not about, um, new creation. It's but kind the, of about the opposite. The Yes, it is kind of like the opposite. It's about almost like bringing sin into the world and, and that being kind of 
um, whatever. But the idea of um, our kind of infectious love um, bringing light to people and the way in Pleasantville they go from black and white to color. And that's kind of how I picture the new creation. People start to turn up in color and you're like, wait, why am I still in black and white? Um, And that takes me to. I actually heard someone who was talking about it, um, about how when you go in and when you're around passionate religious people, they were speaking specifically about Christians. and, And when you're around people who are very passionate and have been changed have had that inner transformation that it's hard because you want to do it too. And so you try and have an outer transformation without the inner transformation. But, and I thought it was a very good description of it, that it's got to come from the inside, that it's, it's from God changes us. We don't change for God. Mm-hmm. And we, um, and we don't change others by force either. Um, That takes me to kind of my first, um, scriptural reference, um, which is also one of my favorite songs in the entire world. Um, Romans eight thirty seven. Um, I'm not going to sing it. Well, no, I am going to sing it afterwards. But no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And the point of that, that idea of saying that we are more, more, more than conquerors is that we cannot bring about this change in others through um, force. We bring it through our love and our light and through Jesus's love shining out through us. It, it's a lot like, I'm going to call it sports team evangelism or sports evangelism where, and I have a couple of friends who are way more into sports. Sports fan evangelism. Sports, sports philangelism. Um, I have a couple of friends who are way more into certain sports than I am. And all friends and all sports. Go on. Anyways. And they're never going to convince me to get into their sport by telling me I'm wrong for not really liking that sport or following that sport. But there is, even for sports I really don't care about, I won't say what they are, baseball. Um, mm-hmm. There is something infectious about when you have someone who's just excited about it's the opening day. Their team's not even playing. They're just excited to be involved and it brings them joy and it makes them joyful. And you kind of look at that and say, I I want to be a part of something like that. And hopefully our light, our inner light of joy, what we get out of this should shine through, right? They People should know who we are by looking at us. You shouldn't have to wear a cross or say who you are. And that excitement should be infectious. And if it's not, you should probably look at that and and think about how you can get that excitement. How can you find your purpose? And it's not it's not just about um, what we are called to do as a group, but this podcast and this topic is all about what you are called as an individual person and what your individual child is called to do for the kingdom of God. Um, that was like the big summary, right? We're bringing about new new creation through the love of God and through the love of Christ shining through us. But it's not about us, the church. I mean, it is about that. But in this, what we're talking about specifically is not the church doing that, but as what is your special calling um, in the kingdom of God? Um, one of the things we are called to do, not 
just as the church, but also as individual peoples, is from Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of age. Thus saith the Lord your God. And not only are we called to go and make disciples, but we have a unique part in being a part of the church. Um, from 1 Corinthians 12, um, I literally could just read 1 Corinthians 12 and walk out of this podcast and do a little mic drop and leave, but we won't. Um, yeah, but the mics are expensive. Here's um, 12, 4 through 7. Um, now there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. And then it lists things like wisdom, knowledge, faith, um, whatever your individual gift is from God. Yeah, some it of is, us are hands and some of us are feet. I'm probably a foot. You're a left butt cheek. Hey, now. It's a family <laughs> podcast. Um, But regardless, whatever, it's not about like we all, don't all have to be have incredible faith or we don't all have to be incredibly knowledgeable um, and we don't all have to be incredibly wise. Everybody has more of one gift from another, but it's all coming from the same God and it's what the spirit is manifesting in us. In fact, it's funny because we actually, I made fun of Bob Goff two episodes ago. This week, somebody asked me, well, what do you think of Bob Goff? And I said, I think that he knows the heart of God better than almost everybody does. And the question was, well, don't you think he's kind of an airhead? And um, he kind of, first of all, he's brilliant. But aside from that, he does come across as kind of airhead. And his his um, explanation of the gospel is a very light, um, could be interpreted as shallow interpretation of the gospel. But the reality is what he has in his ability to communicate love to people and Christ's love to people is a gift beyond what the most brilliant person in the world and the most theologically um, deep person in the world could ever offer. Um, he communicates love and that is his gift. And the fact that he comes across as a woo, like literally he'll make that noise in the middle of a talk. Um, so if you've never watched Bob Goff speak, go Google it and watch um, a YouTube video He's of Bob Goff. He really is great. Um, but one thing all the parts have, no matter what part you are, um, you're part of the Great Commission. You're you're part of the priesthood of all of us. We all are called to be part of this body. And the body, speaking of 1 Corinthians, now we're skipping forward to 14. The body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts of yet one body. I mean, it's a pretty easy metaphor to understand. We're not all going to be the eyes. We're not all going to be the hands. We're not all going to be the left butt cheek, right? It's um, We all are playing a part and we're all working together to do what God has called us to do, which is to go and to make disciples and to bring the kingdom of God to earth. Our job is to figure out what our job is. And our job as parents is to help our kids find their job. So today what we're focusing on is the undeniable truth that your kid has their own unique role in bringing the kingdom of God. Your kids have a ministry. Your kids have a ministry before you think they could possibly have a ministry. They have a job 
um, that you can be the helper and facilitator of, but it is their job from God that is totally distinct and different from yours. And um, that is what we want to focus on today because it can start so young. And if it doesn't start young, I think you miss a little bit. Somebody told me this week that like most of your um, developmental habits are set between ages zero and eight. And that freaked me out with a five-year-old because I'm like, well, I've got three years old to unmess you up now. Um, but well, you've spent five years messing them up. Well, but the idea is that um, to build this idea in that you have a unique purpose in the kingdom of God and to try to just instill that in a child from the beginning. Um, so we've basically zeroed in on five things um, that you can do to foster um, this kind of kingdom bringer attitude and that, that each kid has a unique um, part to play in the kingdom. One is to build um, their life on a foundation of a godly life. Two, to make their call to ministry their central reality. Three, to help them realize gifts and discern their call. Four, to foster and support their ministry. And five, to help them keep listening to God and allow space for redirection. Um, and again, we talked at the beginning, all five of those things could apply to you as an individual, um, except for, you know, you're not going to foster and support yourself, but, the, but there's yeah, ways of you interpreting. You support yourself. Yeah. So the first thing we want to do is um, make God the foundation of their lives. Um, they aren't going to live for God's purpose unless, them how, unless you teach them how to live for God. Um, so how do you do that? These are simple, not simple things to implement, but simple things to identify. Um, I always start with asking for the Holy Spirit. Um, if you look to Luke 11, 1 through 13, that's that whole, um, if you give a guy a snake or, you know, if you ask your dad for a, a bread. loaf of bread, he's not going to give you a snake. Um, how much more will God give you if you ask for the Holy Spirit? So ask for the Holy Spirit for your kids. Always that's, a good place to start. That's ask the, for God's help. Yep. But yes, but not just help me, God, but Holy Spirit, guide my kids. Um, model godliness in your own life. Uh, we did just just listen to last week's episode. We did um, a whole episode on it. Yes, we did. Um, being part of a church community. Um, I look to Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. That's like that's encourage a, each other. I think that other. one's more important than people give it credit for. Because it's not you just. Would. <laughs> well, it's not just about being going to church and being good. It's about being Holding around it, yes. people who can hold you accountable, being around people who you can talk to, who understand not just what you're going through, but can help you in a God-centered way. Yeah, well, it's... can focus you back to where you need to go. And also there's the practical things of having a community and having those people that you can get at a country club, but at a church, it comes with God. And I think that's, I think there's an important centeredness there. It makes, that, it makes having God at the center of your life normal when you're in a community that makes it normal. Does yeah. that make sense? And it makes it easier. Yes. Agreed. Um, I put prayer and instead of putting a citation, I wrote cause duh. Um, so just having a very rich prayer life and encouraging your kids to have their own very rich prayer life and not just, um, it's great to pray over them. It's great to model praying over them. Um, but it's also about encouraging your kids to pray young and early and often. And then God's word is living and active. Those words will speak to your kids through the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's asking for the Holy Spirit, modeling godliness, being a part of a church community, um, praying uh, and encouraging them to prayer, 
and um, making God's word a part of their everyday lives. Yeah. And that's kind of up to you. Not not to beat last week's episode over your head, but go listen to last week's episode, <laughs> right? They're watching you. They're always watching you. And if you want to inspire them, what you're doing has to be real and authentic. So if you are not walking this walk, um, your kids will not walk this walk. Um, it's not that God can't get to them. He will, but it, you won't be playing a role in it. Oh, yeah. The numbers on kids who go to church when they grow up or kids who are involved in whatever their parents want them to be involved in, if your parents don't do it, you will not, whether it's sports or music or whatever, or going to church. So that was the first thing is build that that foundation on God, a life that is founded on God. Um, the second thing was to make their call to ministry their central reality. Um, so when I tried to describe this one, and I think this is the kind of linchpin of all of this, it's not about like, what do we do? Like, what are you going to do with your time? It's about who are you and what is your purpose for being alive? Um, it's not about being happy and healthy and um, even treating people well. We're supposed to bring the kingdom of God through our unique ministry and instilling that identity in your kids as a young person, um, I think is key to this idea. I would quibble with your phrasing. May okay. I quibble? May quibble away. <laughs> in that I think who we are is what we do. And that when you're bringing the kingdom, it is all about what you're doing. It's not about what's in your heart. It's not just about. It's about what are you doing to bring the kingdom? How I, are you living it? God does not want your works. He wants your heart. I disagree. There's like strong scripture on that. And if I had my phone was charged, I would look it up. Um, <laughs> but it never is. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so a couple things, this comes up most often with my kids when we talk about death, um, when they are kind of anxious about when, when they, Dane's the only one old enough to be anxious about when he's going to die. Um, one of the things I kind of, no, he's not, he should not be anxious about that. Our kid isn't old enough for that. He's just weird. Okay. Fair enough. Point being, he asks about it. We talk about it. And when he does, um, I, Try to focus on what our purpose is during the time we're here. That God put us here to do a job for him, to bring the kingdom of God and to love people well and to love people the way Jesus loved them so that more of God's love could be on earth. And um, that kind of takes the whole question of like, when am I going to die and, and turns it around to what am I going to do while I'm here? And it's been the easiest time to bring this particular idea up of, of what is our reality? What are we doing here? Um, and one of the things um, that it, I do this with adults, I do this with kids, and this ironically is another Bob Goff thing, um, but speaking into people what they are becoming. Um, so when I'm talking to my kids about um, what I see them doing today, for example, a kid fell over and his preschool teacher told me that he went over and comforted him. Um, I speak into him as like, you are a comforter. You are somebody who takes care. You are um, somebody who loves others when they're hurt. And speaking that into their lives um, so that it starts to lead them into what they become mm -hmm. is part of making their call to ministry their central reality. And being consistent about it to make it central. Yes. Being, like bringing it up often. Help them to realize their gifts and to discern their call. And in order to speak into them, you have to observe them. Um, like, for example, if I was not paying attention to what 
um, Dane was actually becoming or a specific thing that Dane did, me saying like, you're going to be a caring boy. Like, I mean, I can say I want you to be a caring boy, but there's not a lot of teeth to that. Um, so you can look. No, we tell the young one, you're a good boy. You're a good listener. <laughs> we, we tell hoping. them that all the time. <laughs> we keep hoping that'll stick. Um, but you can look at either spiritual gifts. You can look in that First Corinthians 12 section. And there's also a section of Ephesians that talks about specifical, specifical, That's specific man. spiritual gifts. That explains why it was specifical. But like one of the things I can think of with like my ministry kids is I had a, um, he was in fifth grade and a particular kid, he was so charismatic. This kid had the whole room wrapped around his finger every time he walks in. And I told him as he was in fifth grade and they were kind of getting ready to move on. I was like, you are going to do amazing things for the kingdom of God just by setting an example. I'm like, people follow you. They look to you to see how you're going to act and um, they will act the way you act. And you can use this power, this charisma for good. Um, This kid's like a student leader now in our in our youth. And um, I just really think that you have to observe. We have another kid the same age that was an amazing prayer. Every time she prayed, it's like the room stopped and just like filled with the spirit. And I was like, this fifth grade girl could just pray like nobody else. And um, she she was just incredible. And um, and she still is. And I'm glad she's still around. So that's like with the ministry kids. But what would you say, speaking specifically to our kids, Dane and Levi's early spiritual gifts are? I think you hit pretty square on the head with Dane. He's a he's a take carer. He takes care of people. See, I think um, that I think that's such a new development for me. Oh, I like wouldn't have He's he's careful. Well, he's not careful, but he cares for others. He's worried about other people's feelings. He's worried about how other people are doing. He cares for people. He's a, Oh god, that's not how I see him at all. How do you see him? I see him as a teacher. He is very he he takes teachers in, are caring. I think that argument carries. No, I, I, I have cons- I have been concerned recently. He has started to develop some more caring bones. And I'm really excited about that because it was one of the things I was concerned about him is that he was um, very self-involved. Um, but the thing that he, so he's been growing in that way significantly. And that's making me very happy as a parent to see that fruit. Um, but the thing that I think of is he ingests the stories of the Bible um, he talks to me about theology he, things that I can't be, even be believe. He'll be a great pastor. I mean, he can do anything you want. No, he he'd be, he'll be a great teacher. He loves to teach. He loves to preach. He'll preach on the playground. Yes. To anyone who will listen. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a very awkward Jesus way. died and rose again, mom. He'll just literally turn to his brother sometimes and be like, Levi, Jesus can do anything. And then just move on with whatever yeah. he's doing. Um, or so the mom is boss mug. Mom's not boss. Jesus, Jesus is boss. Yeah, no, he he definitely gets it. Um, and when you look at the reason I correct you with pastor is because in that Ephesians chapter, they talk about um, the five. It's teacher, evangelist, pastor, apostle and prophet. And teacher is more what I would see him in pastor in terms of care. It's not something I see oh, him see, doing. I think when you're a pastor. You have to have a number of skills that I think Dane has. I think he's a good teacher. He's a good evangelist. He's a good leader. People follow him. Weirdly, people follow him. <laughs> um, I think he has a lot of the building blocks that make a good, maybe not a professional pastor, but certainly someone who can be part of the priesthood. And yeah, the more we talk about it, I think he definitely has that evangelistic um, 
He wants to share with people, random people in public, not just about Jesus, mostly about Ghostbusters. Um, but he does, he wants, he stops people and he tells people, he's like, look at my shirt, look at my Ecto-1 goggles, look, you know, look at like all, mm -hmm. of, all of these things, right? He likes to share. So I think he has that kind of evangelistic, yeah. um, The younger thing. one, he's going to be a cult leader. Um, <laughs> he's he, very charming. So charming. He gets people the way older brother doesn't. When you say you don't see the caring, I see the caring. I just don't see the attention. The emotional intelligence, he has a lot of mechanical intelligence. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have the emotional intelligence. I think he cares about other people and he worries about their feelings, but I don't think he understands their feelings. Mm -hmm. The way I think Levi understands people's feelings and knows how people yeah. are are feeling and working and that mechanism inside you. And he can work it. It's funny. I read today, I was reading, oh, I don't know how to say it. I know you will. Um Philemon? Oh, you don't know. Philemon? And it's definitely not that. I don't know. Um, anyway, the book of the Bible, this is, I've been reading it, um, but um, where Paul is ex uh, trying to get the slave owner, who is the letter recipient, to um, take back, not punish, and free his slave. And um, the thing that I was reading about today was the difference between... Philippians? No, Joel. Philemon. P-H-I-L-E-M-O-N. Um, and it's all about the difference between manipulation and genuine... Um, what's the word? Persuasion with, um, with God's love. And what I pray for Levi and what I have continuously been praying for Levi is that he will use his emotional intelligence and his charm for good um, and be so filled with the spirit that he will bring people to God through, um, that gift that he has and not, um, again, used to become a cult leader because I think he's very capable of that, especially with how adorable he is. And he is so adorable. So we have a, um, life founded on faith to make the call to ministry, their sensuality, to help them realize and discern their gifts and call. The other one was to foster and support their ministry. Um, if you're willing to drive them to soccer practice, you should be tripping over yourself to carry out the things God has put on their heart. Um, but that being said, it is their ministry and not your ministry. Oh, that is the hardest part about kids. Because <laughs> you, it's well, their soccer team, not your soccer team. Well, and um, yeah, and it's even more. It's even harder, I think, when it's the things of God because you so badly want them. To, when they put themselves out there for God, you so badly want them to succeed um, that you might ruin what's going on. Um, God has a plan and he puts things on their heart and he calls them to do it. And if we go out there and we make it about um, success and we make it about um, making sure that their experience is good and not just letting them carry out what God has called them to do, um, we could undermine what God's plan is in that process. I think you chose a really good word with foster because mm -hmm. it's foster. They're not do they're not not push, not force, not do. Um, you're not Tiger Woods. You're not pushing that, you know, where you just push your kid into the thing you think they should do. You should do. Like, they need to enjoy it. They need to approach it. Foster it as much as you can, but don't force something on them that doesn't fit. 
So the last thing to do was to keep listening to God, to encourage them to keep listening to God and to allow space for redirection. Um, Once we receive a call from God, that is not like the end. I am in children's ministry right now. That is my call. Um, But I have my ears and heart open to what God is calling me to all the time. Yeah, there's a whole song about it. To every season, turn, turn, there is a time and a purpose under heaven. Things change, things turn, everything has a time. And they turn really fast when you're five, right? Boy, because you're developing so fast that um, God may be calling Dane um, to learn in this season. And then when he's seven, he's called to um, invite and to treat people in elementary school in a way that is godly and, and, and salty and, and light. And when he's nine, he may be called to start sharing what he believes, you know, whatever it is. Maybe that's not at all what his path looks like. But the reality is that when you are changing developmentally so fast, what God is calling you to do is going to change very fast. Um, Man, like every day. Yeah, like every day for him is different. And um, and that like if you're like, oh, and it's the same thing like with sports, right? Like if you're like, well, my kid is an unbelievably talented baseball player. And it's like, maybe they don't want to play baseball anymore, or maybe they're not going to, like, maybe that's not the direction their life is supposed to go. The same thing is true with our call from God. God calls us to something for as long as he can use it, or as long as he, like, desires to use it, and then he might call us to something else. And we have to be willing to drop whatever it is that, that and our, our pride that's associated with what we've built up, and to move on to the next thing. And we have to foster that in our kids or they will just keep going down the wrong path. Yeah, and try not to get frustrated when you feel like you're going in a direction and then you very clearly see the stop sign. Don't get frustrated. Just dump it and move on. This isn't where dump you're Dump it carefully to be. and move on, but yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sorry. dump it with care. Just move on from that. You're, you're not supposed to go that way anymore. Change direction. It's okay. You're not a failure. Your kid isn't a failure. Be okay with that change. And keep pushing. So we had foundation in a godly life. Make their call to ministry their central reality. Help them to realize their gifts and discern their call. Foster and support their ministry. Keep listening to God and allow space for redirection. And this is not part of that progression, but something to do all along the way is to pray for them like crazy um, and help them to pray for themselves. The Holy Spirit to open to their eyes to their call. That is something I pray over the kids and with the kids almost every day. Um, that God would grow their gifts, that he would bless their ministry. And I think empowering them by calling what they do, whether it's inviting someone to an Easter party or inviting somebody to come with them on Sunday or treating somebody in an especially godly and loving way, that that is their ministry. So blessing their ministry, um, that they would be a blessing to others and that you would know where and how to help them. Um, All things to pray for in this process. Um, but the whole process, it's about empowering your kid to fulfill their purpose and to do their ministry in the world. Okay, now let's get to... So that came up. So for this week, um, it's actually something that's been going on a little bit longer than a week now, but has lingered and grown. And um, it is our nightly prayer when I ask Dane to pray every night he prays God please protect us from danger but not from ghosts we don't need your protection from ghosts God we are the real ghostbusters and we can protect ourselves 
and he goes on and on about how we protect ourselves from the Ghostbusters or from ghosts and how we are the real <laughs> Ghostbusters and how we don't need God in that process. Um, and here's the thing. It's funny, but the tone in which he's talking to God is like there is someone in the room. It's like the same way he talks to people that he knows. If he were talking to Sandy or my mom or your mom and telling him about his life, he's talking to God like that. And I'm just going to call that a super win. Um, call it a win. Because he's have a, has a conversational relationship about real things that he's thinking with God. I I personally like when he'll tack on. But also, ghosts aren't real. But if they were real, <laughs> we still wouldn't need your help because we're the real Ghostbusters. <laughs> Today, on an unrelated note, he added on this specific prayer that he wanted to pray for mailmen who couldn't see or hear or touch anything, that they would know when there was mail and when there wasn't mail to pick up. He's good at prayer. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of, let's pray ourselves out. Dear Lord, please be with us and with our kids. Please help us help them. Uh, give us patience to let them find their own path. Give us strength to help them when they do find their path. And give us the courage to be behind them the whole way, even when that path changes. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Please take a second to rate and subscribe to this podcast. It helps others to find us and to be hashtag blessed by the discussions that we have here. If you want to contact us, you can reach us on Instagram at Christ in the Chaos, or you can email us at Christ in the Chaos pod at gmail.com. Until next week, we hope you have a peaceful week. But even if you don't, remember that you can find us and Jesus waiting for you in the chaos.